recruiting ish web three world-class podcast let's get it let's go the topics of discussion you cannot get from another opportunities in web three we got you covered meta intro been dope gotta thank you for the love and support that you're giving keep it coming we going up in jazz fees interviews with the crews making moves let's see it's a brand new world of nfts join in recruiting ish podcast yes please join in recruiting ish podcast yes please Meta Intro does not give financial advice. Information provided by Meta Intro is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. Always do your own research on the companies that you apply to and the opportunities that you invest in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Recruiting Niche Podcast. Before we get into the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. Hey there, fellow podcast listeners. I'm Kevin Logan Jr., host of the Immutable Mindset Podcast. If you're fascinated by Web3, blockchain, and disruptive technology, then you won't want to miss a show. Join me and co-host Adam Posner as we introduce you to an incredible lineup of successful entrepreneurs, builders, and industry veterans who share their insider knowledge, unique perspectives, and personal stories that will leave you inspired and craving more. Like Mike Isogawa, the CEO of Webacy, who shares her journey from being a Cirque du Soleil performer to a cybersecurity pioneer. Or Dave Schwed, COO of Halborn, who discusses the future of digital asset security and how the future of assets will be tokenized. We also break down complex topics into digestible bits, perfect for both experts and newcomers to the world of Web3. So if you're ready to stay ahead of the curve, subscribe to the Immutable Mindset Podcast now, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Recruiting Ish Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm your crypto recruiter. I'm here with Lacey from the Meta Intro team. Say hey, Lacey. All right, GM. Uh, today, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Chris from BlockJoy. Uh, Chris is founder and CEO. Um, he has an incredible background, five previous startups um, with two exits to Fortune 500 companies. Did I get that right? Um, and just a little tidbit about BlockJoy before I let him um, explain the product, the offerings, and the company. Uh, BlockJoy allows you to deploy and run your own blockchain nodes on any infrastructure that you choose. Fun fact, um, BlockJoy also saves you up saves you up to two to three times your node operational costs. Did I get that right too? Basically, yes. Nice. Uh, so Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's nice to meet you guys. Um, yeah, I've checked out your podcast. It's really cool. I definitely like the gaming uh, angle on your other podcast. Yeah. It's super cool. Excited to be here. Yeah. So um, our audience, again, uh, which I mentioned before the show, um, a ton of job seekers in our community wanting to know more about, A, which products they should be using in their stack and at their, the companies maybe that they're currently at, um, and B, they want to know all about the team, all about your hiring processes, your recruitment processes, all of that good stuff. So before we dive in into the latter, um, do you want to tell me a little bit more about BlockJoy? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm Chris Bruce, C uh, CEO and co-founder of BlockJoy. As you mentioned, we're a Web3 infrastructure company. Uh, the way that we look at it is, I, you know, I've been in tech, I'm an old, old guy here. I've been in tech for, you know, 20 plus years. So I've been around the dot-com era, the web 1.0, and then that was all bare metal servers. People ran their own servers all the way to web two, you know, Facebook and social media came and um, the cloud became very prevalent. And now we're going into this other evolution of web three where, you know, bare metal is coming back because you want decentralization, you want diversity in the network, you don't want all of these decentralized nodes to be just running on a single company. And so what we set out to do with BlockJoy was really solve that problem is to reinvent what 
the cloud, if there is even a cloud anymore, what that looks like for Web3. And so is there a Web3? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> is there a Web3 version or have you coined yet a Web3 version of the cloud? Uh, we did, we just call it Web3 infrastructure. And, and, the, and the, okay. the reason why I don't use the word cloud is because the reality is, is it should be decentralized. You should not have to build and run nodes and servers that are required for Web3 in the cloud. You should be able to do it yourself in your garage, or maybe you have your own data center if you're a big company, or maybe you can rent a server somewhere, a bare metal server. And you know, the number one thing is the cost is going to be reduced by a dramatic amount, you know, up to 80%. And we see we see just even web two companies migrating off the cloud, uh, but it's very hard to manage your own servers and all of the technology that people use to run blockchain nodes today is all usually built for web two. And so they're not well designed for running blockchain nodes. And so my, me and my co-founder just set out from the ground up to reinvent what that looks like. We rewrote everything from scratch, purpose built for running blockchain nodes. And we make it so simple that anybody that doesn't have a lot of technical expertise can in fact run a blockchain node. And why that might be important for job seekers is especially if you're a developer, you wanna be able to have access to a server to get the data off of say a Solana node or an ETH node or, or any of these other types of changes you're interested in and everything works off of RPC or APIs. And a lot of people just use consolidated services that they have to pay for. But Web3 is about removing the intermediary about getting rid of the, the people in the middle that are sucking money from both ends and letting you do it yourself. And so what we're aiming to do with BlockToy is make it drop dead simple for anybody to run blockchain nodes on any, any infrastructure they want anywhere in the world. What does the user experience look like? So somebody comes to your site and they sign up. What, what is that experience from uh, sign up to hands on the product look like? Yeah, so it, it's, it's pretty simple and it, you know, it's evolving as, as we go, but you come in, you create an account, you basically say, hey, I want to run a node. You select which node that you, the type of node that you want to run. So like Ethereum node, you can say, hey, I want to run it as an API server or what we call an RPC server, or I want to run it as um, a validator. So I want to stake some ETH and earn some tokens. You just select a dropdown, you click a button, boom, it's up and running. You have access to it. So it's very simple. And we have a very simple API, so you can do this programmatically because a lot of node operators tend to run a lot of different nodes and you know a large number of them. So we make it easy for you know both uh, individuals and big enterprises to run nodes. So what does the team look like today? So we're about thirteen people. We're obviously we're you know a pretty still early stage startup. We are heavily developer focused. Um, so we have a lot of engineers from various backgrounds. So what, what I like is that Web3 is so new that, you know, there is a lot of skill sets that are needed to come into this. And what's, what's great about it is you can have a different kind of background coming into this because it's really new for everybody. And so even development on distributed apps or dApps are, are different experience than, you know, what it might normally take to code uh, different things. And so it's a great time to get in on something that's new and really help evolve this. And so uh, what, what I think is just interesting about our team is they come from a variety of backgrounds. Uh, the one thing that I like about this time, so I'm a five-time venture back founder and you know mostly I've been in, in the States in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, this company and my last company was the first time I actually built teams in Europe and, and basically hired from anywhere around the world. And what I like about that is that we just get such a great diversity 
uh, backgrounds. And, and as you know, when you put a lot of different things in the pot, uh, what comes out is going to be based on the ingredients you put in. So it's really great to get um, a lot of diverse folks with different backgrounds coming in because they have a lot of valuable input into what the project is going to be and what the eventual product uh, will, will look like in the years to come. Alex, do you have experience recruiting international candidates? I've done a little bit, a little bit in EMEA with Coinbase and then didn't really touch APAC, but I've worked with team members that would do APAC recruiting. And Chris, just to your point, ton of diverse skill sets. I think that was the main feedback. Um, and in looking at your website, I like it how you guys put up the team, right? It's it's not anonymous. It's like, here's the team, here's our backgrounds and looking at where they're at. It's like, saw something in Colorado, a couple of people in like Ukraine, Poland, like you're definitely across the globe when it comes to the team members. So seems to be working pretty well, or do you guys ever have any challenges when it comes to, you know, collaboration or things like that? Yeah. Uh, collaboration is pretty, pretty good. Except for my co-founder has like the worst sleeping hours ever. <laughs> like who, who knows when he's going to go to sleep and if he's going to make a meeting or not, but you know, he's, um, he's the wild card in the whole thing, but for the most part, yeah, we, we all have plenty of overlap. We use discord a lot for our communications. Um, it, the, I think the hardest thing, at least for, for me, is um, issuing stock options to, in different companies. And so uh, this is a, another Web3 thing I'd really like to see. Like, why are stock options even the traditional way? You know, like, I'd like to see DAOs come and be more, uh, you know, common. I would love to see stocks just be tokens, right, um, that you can issue to anywhere. And and it's like you somebody gets the physical token. You're not just some ledger somewhere where... Uh, lawyers are keeping track of what your options are and things like that. But that being said, I think that's the hardest thing for us. So what's great, um, if you can even say that, but one of the benefits that came out of COVID, not that COVID was it was good or anything, but the benefit that came out of it is that the tools got better. So uh, like we use a company called Deal that lets you hire people from all over the world. And there's a few of these um, uh, popping up. So it makes it really easy. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking we're we're also venture backed and the uh, process of going through issuing options and then the idea of one day like imp how messy that would be for you uh, to switch up that offering uh, to tokens to being a DAO. Um, that would be a headache. Yeah, for sure. If you yeah, if but... you don't make that decision from day one. Yeah, but it's too risky to make a decision like that so early in the cycle. And so you know, we may be a little bit early, but there are companies that have done this before and there are ways to do this. Um, and, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, luckily we stayed pretty traditional because when the collapse hit, you know, we're still relatively traditional companies. So we didn't have as much impact by some of the things that were going on, but, um, but long-term, like these processes just need to be reinvented. It, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's about this old world thinking and everything's Everything's about to change if Web3 really starts to work and, and we get rid of, like I said, I mean, for, for me, the big thing about Web3 is it's not so much the NFTs or, or these things, it's really removing the, uh, the intermediaries. And so Absolutely. there's a bunch of use cases, Ticketmaster, like let's, let's get away from Ticketmaster. I mean, if people just issue their own NFTs for tickets, they could automatically for every ticket sold could go uh, allocate it to the venue, could allocate it to the art, like the whole thing could be automated without any buddy in the middle. We just did a video on Ticketmaster because they're expanding their Web3 arm and then the trickle down effect to all of the other music companies that are also 
building out that arm. And it's interesting to see how they're approaching it with their hiring process versus like more native Web3 companies that uh, are in the music space trying to NFT the tickets, give the ownership back to the artists. Um, And then you see the Web2 giant (laughs) who did not build a company on that principle. Um, And so uh, I I, I totally agree. Taylor Swift should hire a Web3 team. I mean, really, like she could make it happen. I mean, she could today hire a Web3 team and build her own version of Ticketmaster and everybody will be happier. All the artists will be happier and all the fans will be happier. Maybe we'll tag Taylor Swift in this video and she'll see it. (laughs) Please. Um, so I'd love to learn personally, I'd love to learn more about your startup experience. We don't get a lot of startup founders on the show. And I do know that in our community, we have a ton of individuals who are either thinking about building their first startup, not quite sure where to start, um, or maybe web two startup founders coming into the web three space, wanting to build something. Um, and so it's always great to kind of hear that experience coming, especially from somebody with five startups under their belt. That's incredible. Um, I'd love to hear about the very first startup. Um, and then I know you have like you kind of have to say Blockjoy now, but maybe the most exciting startup that you've built out of the five. Yeah, sure. So I, I think um so, so keep in mind that you know I started programming when I was nine. I actually started a company in sixth grade and selling computers. I would build computers and they people would have to come and write my parents a pay, a check, like a two thousand dollar <laughs> check for like an AT computer that is, you know, a fraction of what the computers can do today. And, uh, uh, but I would say the first venture back company, um, uh, I, I was a part of was uh, a company called rupture. Uh, it was started by Sean Fanning and, uh, John Bedanza. Sean Fanning actually created Napster. So, um, he is the founder of Napster. Uh, it's named after him because he had nappy hair and, um, him and Sean Parker, who you see in, you know, the social network, He's, he's the one that looks like the face of the, the company, but Sean, uh, Sean Fanning actually started it. And uh, this was a company, Sean, Sean had gotten into uh, gaming heavily. He had, uh, was really heavily into World of Warcraft. And so he uh, wanted to build a social network for uh, gamers, essentially. And, um, you know, this is, this is one of the skill sets that I think is, is really valuable is if, if as an engineer or as a marketer or even as somebody that's starting to get into this, if you can look at sort of emerging technologies and jump in early, like at this period of time was um, early 2000s and Ruby on Rails became, you know, it was like just starting to, to come in. And I had, I had been doing Ruby on Rails really early. And so that's how I got to be a part of this, of the founding team was like, I was the first, first engineer they brought on. And, you know, from there we built the company up and we ended up selling it to electronic arts. And then it, you know, it, it came from a social network to, you know, DRM and also their, you know, pretty much Web 2.0 stuff. But um, that was really fun. Um, I think one of the funny things was like, we just worked out of Sean's loft in Pretero Hill, which every time I went there, a car window was broken out. They had this beeping sound. They couldn't figure out what it was. It was the alar- the fire alarm that nobody could change the batteries for. And they, they're they all be- doing these vegan diets. So there was just like a trash full of smelly food every time I, I came. But it was great because it's like, industry, you know, people that, you know, started companies way before I ever did, uh, and, you know, had very good success. And so it was great to be a part of that. And so that's kind of what got my end. You know, it's, it's one of these things where it's, it's not what you know, always, it's like who you know, and I just got lucky, because I happened to know an emerging technology that there was 
uh, starting to build a lot of demand for it, not a lot of supply. And so that's how I got to become friends with them. And then through that network, my network grew and then it became easier to um, start other companies. Well, and Napster just made a comeback, right? Or they attempted to make a comeback? They, they might have. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I don't I forgot who owns it now, but some big media company owns it now, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, those days like Sean and Sean are not part of it anymore. But, yeah. So. I, I saw an open role from Napster's web three, uh, iteration a few months ago, maybe six months ago. Now it's, I think the hype of it has died down, but that was on the wave of LimeWire also trying to make it yeah. come back. Um, the uh, Blockbuster DAO, you know, all of these nostalgic companies that have had such an impact on us, like throughout the years, making this come back into Web3 and instead building the product to be owned by the users. And so yeah. I'm curious, I will drop the links below in the description of uh, what that news article was and if there's any updates to where Napster is today, um, because I'd love to to catch up on that yeah and so, in terms of the most yeah. interesting company it's uh sproutling was an interesting company it was a wearable baby monitor so like it was hardware like i had to fly to china i had to fly to korea i had to work with lg i had to make something that was safe um but that was you know that was a very interesting product because we predicted when babies would wake up like we used machine learning big data iot wow giant mountains of data and you know helped to try and give parents an easier time raising their usually the first kid by the time you have one kid the second kid comes along you don't care they could be playing in dirt it doesn't matter but the first kid, is that still around so anxious uh i you know it got bought by mattel and launched under the fisher price brand so i, I don't know if it's still around or not but uh, fisher price is very adverse to any kind of risk so i could just imagine what? like um yeah they, they might have some concerns about it so we'll see well, you have some pretty big, yeah, you have some pretty big exits or pretty big companies that uh, have bought your products. Yep. Yeah. So, so did you get you think, Web3? Yeah. yeah, Web3. Now that's the problem, right? That's a, it's something that, you know, my, my advice to people getting into starting a company or uh, actually just, you know, like looking for a job in Web3, it's, you know, work on something you care about. Like it, it you know, I think crypto, the problem that I have with crypto right now is it attracts people like this get rich scheme, but Web3 is in reinventing the way the internet works. If you stay on sort of the, the altruistic path, I mean, even a digital currency is just reinventing how it works. And there's just so much noise and, you know, big ups and big downs. But the, the reality is, is that the technology is going to have a fundamental impact on the way we live our lives moving forward. And if you can come into this space and find some piece of it that you're passionate about and that you care about, you know, the, the adage goes like, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And like, for me being all these companies I, that, that I've started, it's always been something that I cared about at the time. The one time I started a company, it was a money grab. It was uh, social gaming. Like we've, we failed miserably. And it's because it wasn't, you know, coming from a perspective of like something that I want to use, something that I care about. And we, all of our decisions became, trying to chase money and chase, you know, uh, financial gains. And in the end, you're going to lose because you're not building a product for yourself. You're building a product to try and make money and you'll never hit the target really. So what I'm hearing a great piece of advice for the people that are listening to this, if you're thinking about building a startup in the web three space, start with something that you love and maybe find a solution to something that can be improved in that space, um, maybe a gap that's missing in that market, um, and then ideate. 
Does that sound yeah. about right? Yeah. I mean, the, even simplify the, the, the pieces is like, find something that bugs you, find a problem that irritates you and fix it. Like, and then you're going to make money because chances are, if it irritates you enough, it irritates uh, a lot of other people. And there's a lot, I mean, web three is just an open, I mean, you know, if you look back at like social network and you look at back at movies about Steve jobs and the early computer days and all this stuff, like there are going to be movies about this time today in the, in 20 years. Right. And so just think about that for a minute that we're just at this fundamental thing. And so, you know, there's so much opportunity for people to make a career change. There's so much opportunity for people to get in at the ground floor of something that, you know, a lot of people had skepticism about every sort of turn of invention that we've had over the course of the internet. Lots of people had skepticism. And, um, but in the end, the, the, there is a real need for what is happening. And so it's just a great, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity. I mean, it's a huge opportunity for people to jump and go. And even now with the, the recession, like, you know, you just got laid off, right? And now you're panicking, trying to find a job, but chances are you got a pretty decent severage package. So you have enough time to experiment and try and like learn something before you go get a job go hack on dApps, try and make some dApps or learn like social media. And like, I mean, that's the only marketing that's going to work going forward is owned, owned media and earned media. And so, Hey, you want to be YouTube, like go start making videos for somebody again to social media marketing. Um, you want to get into the uh, crypto space, but you don't really know where to start. Start with community. Like everybody needs help managing community. I mean, there's just a ton of opportunity for people that are not even technical related. Yeah, Alex and I were covering the layoffs for a few episodes, and this was at the height of the layoffs and it started to get depressing each episode. You know, how do you take the beginning of the episode where we're reporting all of these layoffs that are happening and then spin it into like a positive episode. And so at some point we kind of looked at each other off air and said, maybe we don't talk about layoffs anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> it's really depressing. But um, the two big layoffs that just happened, Meta obviously just announced layoffs yesterday, a fourth round, another round is coming um, to the non-technical side. And I was just watching the news this morning and BuzzFeed News is uh, shutting down because they just laid off a bunch of their staff. So as you can see, layoffs are still very much happening. We're still very much in a bear market. However, um, like you just said, it's a great time to be leveling up your resume, learning new skills, dabbling in I, products, ideas, new tooling that interests you. Um, because who knows, out of the layoffs could come some inspiration, could come a new tool set that will allow you to apply to a new job um, that maybe you weren't qualified for prior to layoffs. And so um, just piggybacking off of what you just yeah, said, for sure. it, it's a great time to be learning. And, and to be quite frank, um, a lot of companies start and become successful in recessions. Because what happens is people like investors start looking for really good ideas and good concepts and not chasing, again, chasing the financial gain of the, the crowd or wherever the buzzy thing is. Um, and so going to a startup in a recession might be a good idea because usually they'll have funding and they're a smaller team and you get to do a lot of different things at a startup when you, you know, when you're early, you may not get the best pay, but you're going to get, it's like going to college in a whole new career, essentially, you know, you're getting all these skills and you're not going to be pigeonholed into one thing. You're going to do a lot of different things. And so you're going to learn a lot and you're also building your network. So um, I think those are all great. And, you know, God, 
is now not the perfect time. Like I could watch YouTube for eight hours and then I could walk away and start coding, you know, dApps on Ethereum. I mean, literally, uh, my only advice is don't get caught in the consumption, get, get caught up into a little consumption and then production. Like it's too easy to like just sit passively learning something. My advice to anybody is like, whatever it is that you're trying to segue into, just start hacking on it, like build a project, like, you know, don't rely on just your resume, build a portfolio, like work on things and show your work. Like there's never a better time than now to show your work. I mean, you can use your iPhone, you can take pictures of stuff you're doing, videos, you can put it up on YouTube, TikTok, whatever, but just build and show, build and show. That, like that is my advice. And, and whatever build means for you, whether it's technical, non-technical, maybe uh, you want a job in, you know, uh, community management discord well build a discord server record what you're doing how you would set it up even though you may not have people there you can do it now discord's free to you know to set up um, maybe you want to get into social media marketing take some of these videos take Lacey's videos and chop them up into shorts and go back to her and say hey look here's what i did if you like any of it maybe uh you'll, you'll hire me you know there's so much opportunity now if you hustle yeah yeah no, Wait. that's Oh, I was going to say that's, it's funny because we had a couple episodes where this concept of like production before you're on the team came up in various ways, like you mentioned, right? Like if it's community management, start community managing before you're even a community manager for them, right? Like show yeah. your value and, and however that is. And it's, it's, again, it's an interesting thing that web two companies, it's apply, pray, maybe reach out to recruiters. You know, you got to go through that formal process. Web3 is much more accessible. And like you mentioned, like you're a founder of a company, like you see what goes on more than Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook or Meta. So um, that's kind of what we've been telling people is like, hey, contribute how you can and find creative ways to get in contact versus here's my resume. Um, I hope it works, right? That's yeah, just like exactly. such a different um, way of doing things. Yeah, definitely you have to be proactive. Um, and yeah, I mean... So many people get hired. Like we, you know, we look and recruit people based on like projects. Like I'll reach out to somebody if I see an interesting project and say, Hey, I really like what you work. Like in my last company, that's where I did. I found somebody that was doing a lot of work on an open source project that I really liked. And it was a project that I was working on. And, um, I'm like, Hey, you have all this experience. I love what you do. You should come join us. And, and he did. And then he ended up getting a job after that at the actual company that uh, like the open source project matrix, which is a decentralized chat thing. And I was like, that's great. Like that was his dream job. He'd been maintaining, you know, open source libraries, uh, that, that integrated with them. He came to us, helped us build some stuff. And then, you know, he went on back to that. That's his dream job. He landed his dream job eventually, but that's because he did work. He, you know, worked on that project, you know, he showed his work. And, um, I think that's, you know, again, we are living in the absolute best time to, you have every tool at your disposal to learn something new, to uh, do something new for free, and to go out and show your work for free. Like you can, you can do all that. All those tools are available for absolutely free. So on the topic of hiring and getting attention of companies, let's talk about your company. Um, are you hiring? And if so, how does somebody get your attention? Yeah, for, for us, uh, like I'm always hiring, right? So, uh, and what I mean by that is I don't, what, what I try not to do is necessarily have a set job. I mean, we do have open, you know, we're always hiring Rust engineers and, you know, UX people and, and visual design people. But what I look for is I, I really look for people. Like I want to find somebody that's just good at something. 
and I want to like bring them on. Like it's just a different from my perspective of doing this. Um, anybody can email me, you know, Chris at blockjoy.com. They can come to our website and enter a form. And, you know, we, what I tend to do is if somebody email, emailed me, I tend to look at their social media, look at GitHub, look at whatever they have and see if they have something interesting. And for, for me, what I look for is, um, and everybody's different, but I look for, for people that try to make it look good, right? So if you're going to put all this effort into doing the work, when you present the work, you want the presentation to also look like you put some thought into it. And so um, I tend to focus on, you know, things like that. People are, you know, looking at all the edges and, um, you know, basically every, every interaction with the public for them, they're trying to do the best work. And so that means if they create a video, they're trying to make it look good. If they create a website, they're trying to make it look good. Um, again, it's just, that's just how I work. Um, but we're, you know, like we said, we always have traditional jobs that we, that we hire for, but if I find somebody that is really good at something or passionate about something, oftentimes I'll, like I'll just create a role for that person. And that's the benefit of having a startup at this stage is that it's a very flat structure. Right. And so we want to bring on talented people. And, uh, I mean, a talented person might be a, it just might be an artist that turns out to be a great coder. Like I see this a lot. Somebody was a fit, you know, a PhD in physics and turns out to be like one of the best coders I've ever seen. You know, it's just, you never know where somebody's going to come from. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just finding people that, you know, have super talent and interest and passion. I mean, passion goes a long way for anything, especially a startup. So for anybody that's listening and interested in working for Chris, we're going to drop the links below in the description so that you can uh, message Chris and say hi and show him your passions and uh, show him what you're good at. Drop it down below. Um, so for the next segment, which I mentioned before the show, and for anybody that's uh, returning uh, as a listener, you know that every week we answer questions from the community all about Web3 careers, Web3 hiring, everything under that umbrella. So this week we got a few really good questions. My question for today is actually related with the with the topic that you mentioned earlier, which is the lack of positions, of entry-based positions and intermediate positions. Because uh, everyone asks for seven plus years experience, all senior roles. And as you so well said, many of us or most of us do not have that experience yet, but are looking to work towards that. So I'm asking, how can we achieve that or how can we secure or give uh, the, um, the interviewer more confidence that we do not have that experience, but we will work for it? So to reiterate that back, uh, he is frustrated. This individual is frustrated with the lack of early, uh, early positions, early opening, early career positions. Um, We've talked about that a few times on the podcast, Alex, where it's tough because we're at the forefront of the of this like industry. And so companies need to hire like kind of the best of the best, if you will, because we're building the foundations right now. Um, and those early career openings generally come as the company has grown, found product market fit, is building a company that's starting to scale. Um, and so what we hear a lot on the podcast is, hey, I'm just making that career transition into Web3 and there are no early career positions. How do I get started? But this also goes back to what we were just talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. For, for me, the, my first advice is ignore any of the requirements. Apply anyways, send your work 
send your resume, but send your work. I mean, that's the thing is if you're active in the community of, of a company that you're interested, that has some openings, be active in the community, try and show some work, do a project on your own, build a project and ignore the requirements, send this thing. Here's a link to something. I know you want seven years experience. Web three is such a new, like, I don't know what they want three, you know, seven years of experience in. I mean, a lot of the blockchains are built in Rust. Rust has barely been usable for, you know, three or four years in this industry. Uh, the EVMs are always changing. Most of the smart contract platforms are, are constantly changing. So, uh, you know, it's a, that seven years seems a little extreme. But that being said, ignore it. Build something. Send it to them. Say, hey, I may not have this much experience, but please check it out and see. I'm very passionate about the space. I'm a hard worker. I learn very fast. And give me a chance to impress you. And even just offer, say, hey, maybe you could even try me on a contract basis. Or maybe say, hey, look, give me a project to do. I'll do it for free. Let me just show you what I got. And you know that, that should help. Not all the time, but people like that passion. Because if 99% if of the candidates just do, you know, submit the resume, don't do anything extra, don't make an, effort, an extra effort, then like, if you're in that 1% that sort of rises to the top because people are you're getting attention, that's that's a thing. At least they'll give you a chance. Maybe you don't have the skill sets and maybe it's not going to work out, but you should do everything you can to get their attention and rise above the noise and, um, you know, at least try and get your foot in so they can at least evaluate what you do. Alex, any opinions? I agree with Chris. Yeah, ignore everything. I mean, I've worked on, you know, they call them unicorn roles where it's got to have all these different things and certifications or education and experience. And then the perfect candidate who, again, has the right attitude and the right background comes in and they throw all that away. So don't let that hold you back. And Chris even said it himself, right? Like there's some teams that have the ability to create roles based on your experience. So there may not even be a job posting, but if you do the right things to get in front of, you know, founders like Chris or others, you could, you know, build your dream job right in front of you and not even have to worry about how much years of experience that some company is looking for. So yeah, I, I agree. Throw it all away um, and be persistent because like you said, most people just apply and wait. Um, you want to be the person that does more. Yeah. And I hate to, I hate to even say this, but you know, this comes from traditional like outbound lead generation, you know, stock people on LinkedIn maybe and say, Hey, look, I, I'm really, you know, find a developer that maybe works on that project or whatever it is, another marketer or whatever you're going for. And just ping them and say, hey, like, is there any advice you can give me? I really like what the work that you're doing. Um, I would love to work on a team like what you're building. There's lots of ways to at least try different angles to get your foot in the door and get noticed. My dog wants to be on the podcast today, guys, like nice. like they do every week. Um, so next question we have is from Hibba. Um, she is an intern working for two Web3 startups at the same time and finishing her master's degree. Um, and she's ha also having a hard time finding a job in the marketing space. She asks, um, what are some ways that I can tailor my resume to show off my Web3 experience? Start TikTok account and do all your, all your marketing stuff. TikTok, just market for the companies that you like. Do extra marketing. Even if you don't work at the company, create uh, marketing for them. Be in it. Be your own self-assigned ambassador for the company you want to work for. Go make videos, and that's—I mean—that's how you get attention. Just don't—you don't need permission. Like to me, it's the resume is almost dead. <laughs> you know, it's like 
you don't need permission to go and start doing it and then show them, hey, look, this is what I can do for you if, if you like it. And here's, you know, I did all this for free. And, and again, I mean, the amount of effort for some of these things is relatively minimal in the grand scheme of things. So that's my advice. And again, I think it's just, if all you're doing is you're sending a resume and you're looking to stand out on just your resume, it's not going to happen. I mean, the only way you're going to stand out and it's late, I mean, so lazy, especially by bigger companies is they resumes be based on like what college you went to, you know, what's your alma mater. Like you need to go a step above and you need to do something that nobody else is doing. Who's that girl that was making those TikToks where she was redesigning a bunch of oh, brand logos? Not. Were you thinking that? God, I and she just... ended up getting, well, and for her, she ended up getting brands commenting on those posts or on those videos saying, do ours, do ours. And then she started getting like actual contract work and deals out of it. Um, and so, but the whole, what the whole shtick of it was that she was designing like awful logos. Like <laughs> McDonald's would never in a million years use that logo, but it was funny. And it gave her like a platform to get those people, those companies yeah. attention. And so We'll drop her her socials uh, in in the description below too because seeing her journey was amazing. Yeah. Going from like here's I'm redesigning one one logo for this company that I like, um, and then all the way up to probably like a, at least a hundred videos now. Yeah. All of her literally just designing. Um, and it's great new it's logos great content for that person. Like, look like if you're if you if you're all about marketing, grow your own audience. Like literally, like you can do this by trying to get a job somewhere, but grow your own audience, do the work that you're going to do for yourself. And, you know, marketing is social media. I mean, period. Like don't bother with anything else right now. Just focus on social media, create content. Like that's Absolutely. my best advice. Well, um, Alex, do you have any other hiring related questions you, or topics you wanted to cover in today's episode? No, I mean, I mean, I think that was a good way to end. Just again, throw everything away, start TikToks, start getting out there. It's like, that's what people need to do, right? Like leave the web two job search in web two, right? Like web three is much different. Um, and good to hear from someone that's, that's built a few different times and continuing to build that it's, it's working for you, right? Like the proof is in the pudding for the people that you've hired and the teams you've built. So yeah, for anybody listening, keep going. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Chris, if, if there's anything else you want to plug uh, that we haven't covered in this episode, any new releases you can tease us with, um, any upcoming roles that you're looking to, to fill, floor is yours. Mike is yours. Yeah, thank you. So thanks so much for having me on. This is a great podcast. I love uh, the format and everything you're doing. I'm definitely now a fan. Like I just discovered. Oh, see the dog agrees. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. Blockjoy.com. Definitely worth checking out. If you are getting into web three and you're a developer and you want to run your own uh, nodes or uh, you want to see how, how web three infrastructure is going to work. I mean, you're going to learn a lot uh, by doing that. And yeah, I just think, you know, for anybody that's looking for a job, that's having a problem and is struggling, just keep at it. You know, Web3 is is really about, you know, show your work, get out there, learn about these different projects, be involved in these different projects. Um, you have more tools at your disposal than ever before in history. So, 
you have everything you need, just go out and do it. Take a leap. Don't be chicken. Just go for it. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, last, thing, last thing to plug for Meta Intro. Uh, if you are at Consensus this upcoming week, make sure you come by the press room and say hello to us. Brad and I will be filming another season of Games with Web3 Friends. Uh, my dogs will not be there, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'm sure they'd love to make an appearance. Uh, but till next time. Well, Chris, Alex, thank you so much. And uh, to everyone that's listening, we'll see you next week.